0: Hi, this is Dan Miller. Do you know that people who avoid failure also avoid success? Now we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a wide range of things today. We're going to talk about what would you do if you had a billion dollars. We're also going to talk about what it means to be in poverty. Some of you are, well, most of you are probably somewhere in between those two extremes. Probably not in poverty. Maybe a handful of you are billionaires, but most of us are going to be somewhere in between there. We're going to talk about how to find our place, how to carve out where we want to be. And that does vary. Not everyone wants to be a billionaire. There's some unique challenges that come with that. Obviously, sometimes I talk about the upper limit challenge. Incidentally, our episode today is brought to you by audible.com. That's where I access a whole lot of information. You can too. You know, it's interesting some people are afraid of having access to too much information because it makes them discontent with what they have now. We're going to talk about that. But anyway, audible.com, that's the source for over 180,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine, newspaper publishers, business information providers. I'm going to give you a couple specific recommendations here as we go along, how you can get a free first book if you're not yet a member. I talk sometimes about the upper limit challenge, meaning that we tend to sabotage success when it surpasses our sense of deserving. Incidentally, the, speaking of books, that comes from a book, a fairly recent book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. That's one if you go to audible, audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days, put in The Big Leap. I'm going to have some other recommendations for you as we go along, but go to allroadpodcast.com slash 48 days. It'll take you right to a site and you put in the big leap. You can get that as a book that talks about that upper limit challenge. Very, very important concept. We're going to be talking about these extremes, being a billionaire or being in poverty. Got a whole lot more. I want to share with you. Hang on.
1: you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now here's your host, Dan Miller.
0: Well, here's some questions we're going to be covering. Dan, you're making me hate my job more. Would I be better off not listening to your podcast? And somebody says, I can't answer this question. What would you do every day if you had a billion dollars? Well, someone wants to know, how do you look for a job in the same field without your boss finding out? Dan, it feels like I'm avoiding failure by not attempting to succeed. Dan, how can a podiatrist generate income outside of just seeing patients? Well, that gives you kind of a taste of what we're going to be dealing with here today because we've got a a broad spectrum of things there hopefully we'll get to most of that here's a quotation this comes from robert kiyosaki now you you recognize him from rich dad poor dad of course a lot of other ancillary products from that but he said winners are not afraid of losing but losers are failure is part of the process of success people who avoid failure also avoid success wow Be careful if you keep trying to avoid failure because it's going to block you from success as well. Well, last week I talked about the 10 characteristics of people who end up rich. Provided by you, the listeners, in a fairly recent podcast where we talked about that. What do you do to end up rich? And you described the 10 characteristics. I want to tell you the 10 characteristics of people who end up, who describe themselves as being in poverty. Now, this is kind of a... A different approach, but I want to describe to you that as well. Incidentally, we've got a new resource out there. I try to share something every week. If you text 48 days to 33444, you know, just go to your message program on your phone, start a new message, send it to 33444. If you put in the body of the text, just 48 days, our resource this week is going to give you seven tips from me on how to run a mastermind. That's a continued theme. We talk about how to run a mastermind, the power of a mastermind. I'm going to give you those tips. You are welcome to that. Now, last week I talked about characteristics of people who end up rich. And we certainly can contrast that with people who are in poverty. I mean, we feel bad for them. And what do we want to do when people are in poverty? I mean, what's the number one thing we all try to do? We want to make enough money so that we can give money to those who are in poverty. Their government programs, how do they want to help the people in poverty? They want to give them money. They want to provide a place, a house for them, give them food to eat, free medical, dental care. You know, we're going to help them out by giving them all the things they need. However, what if we were wrong about even describing poverty? what if people who don't have any money don't see poverty in the same way that we think they do. Now this is a couple years ago and it comes from some information that Peter Greer did. Peter Greer is CEO, a young bright guy, CEO of hope international. So it's a missions organization, but incidentally he wrote a, an ebook titled stop helping us. He also wrote a book called the spiritual dangers of doing good, uh, both great resources for having a better understanding of what poverty is all about. But they talk to people in Rwanda and they talk to people who are in one of the biggest ghettos in the world. Most of them live on less than $2 a day. And they ask them, how do you define poverty? That would be easy for us to think, well, obviously if they're on $2 a day, you know, that defines poverty. Look where money lands in this list of 10 characteristics their definition of what is poverty number one poverty is an empty heart number two not knowing your abilities and strengths number three not being able to make progress number four isolation number five no hope or belief in yourself number six broken relationships number seven not knowing god number eight not having basic things to eat not having money Number nine, poverty is a consequence of not sharing. Number 10, lack of good thoughts. Now look at all the things that are in there. Yeah, not having enough money squeaked in at number eight. And these were given in the order that they fed back. What does it mean to be in poverty? Poverty is an empty heart. Not knowing your abilities and strengths, not being able to make progress, isolation, no hope or belief in yourself. How do we help people who are in poverty then? Well, we need to address those things. Rather than just think we're going to hand them another dollar. So now they have $3 a day instead of two. It doesn't change their sense of having a poverty filled life. Well, let me give you a book recommendation and you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days and get this. This is one of the best out there. And it's by Brian Fickert. It's when helping hurts. How to alleviate poverty without hurting the poor and yourself when helping hurts. Now, just a little bit more about Audible. I mean, I'm a big fan, obviously. I mean, you can go from chapter to chapter in there. You can put in your own bookmarks if you want to. Uh, You can speed up the speed. That's a big feature for me because depending on how the author reads the book, I may listen to it at one and a half speed or even double speed. You can go back 30 seconds or forward 30 seconds. I mean, really cool things. I mean, it gives you all that control. So it's not just like you start it and you're stuck. You can put it in a sleep mode. You can pause and come right back to it. There are some podcasts I listen to that I go on and listen to something else or start my day and I'll come back to it a couple days later and it picks up right where I left off. Just amazing technology. So check it out. Audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. Get started there. Now, a couple of success stories, and then I want to get into some of these provocative questions that we've got. Craig says, uh, godponders.org. Now, that, again, godponders.org started as a blog that now is my home for speaking and teaching ministry as well. I was in full-time parish youth ministry for 25 years and then was encouraged to spread out and speak to more groups. I've been building my business for two years now. Godponders.org. I'm started by working a full time outside job while working part time to grow this business. I'm now down to working a part time outside job and full time in growing the business. I hope the next year to be full time in my own business, not working outside the home. Your podcast and book, as well as many other great resources you've pointed me to, are largely responsible. In the past year, I started a podcast, God Ponders Audio. Finished my first book, Pondering God, and just launched my second ebook, Productivity Tools and Tips, which is a, which is free now on my GodPonders.org website. Website. Thanks, Dan. Well, thanks, Craig, for your story. Never get tired of hearing this kind of stories. Uh, Nathan West says, Dan, I hope you're doing well. I appreciate all that you're doing to encourage us to find or create meaningful work was a pleasure to finally meet you, my top virtual mentor for the past five years or so at the May Coaching with Excellence event. The Coaching with Excellence event was one of the best business investments that I've made. I left Coaching with Excellence event very inspired. And in the last several months, my business has tripled with my website design and digital marketing company. Now, a lot of these I mean, I hear from a lot of coaches, obviously, because we work with a lot of coaches. We've got our next Coaching with Excellence event coming up September 3rd and 4th. Uh, we're going to have some, well, I was going to say surprise, surprises in there, but I, I never keep surprises. well. I just tell people, but uh, Giovanna Allison is going to be speaking there. She just spoke at a women's conference in California. She got four new clients before she left the room. Now that, that's the power of leveraging and providing people access to your message in multiple ways, which I want to talk about as well, like with a podiatrist that we have a question from today, but Giovanna speaks and sh- people know that she is a coach. And before she left the room, she got four new coach or four new coaching clients, her basic coaching three month package, $7,500. If you do the math on that, that's a cool $30,000. She's going to be speaking at coaching with excellence. So if you've already registered to attend, you're going to be delighted to meet her. She's a delightful lady. Um, and uh going to share some of her story. What's happened in the last year. It's been a year, just a little bit over a year. Actually, it's been about 15 months since she started coaching and her success will inspire you. Kent Julian is going to be there. He's got a brand new book, affirm yourself. He's agreed to give copies out to everybody who comes. I'm excited about that. Ken will talk about the things that he did as well. So you're going to be hearing from people who are doing it, not just theory from Dan Miller. You're going to be hearing from people who just started where you are and then went on. I I did a a couple other things there. I did an initial coaching session with one of our new mastery coaches yesterday. She just gave notice at what she calls her current oppressive, poisonous work environment. And her last day is going to be August 14th. That's just a couple days away. Now, it's interesting to note that her current salary is $140,000, but she's walking away from that oppressive, poisonous work environment. Why? Because she's already created a plan. She has a significant emergency fund in place. She's already secured a consulting opportunity that's going to require about 10 hours a week, but it'll generate forty dollars to $50,000 for her. So she's structuring her immediate plan for coaching to replace the missing $100,000. And she has a clear plan how she's going to do that. I mean, I love it when somebody has a dream, creates a plan, and then takes that massive action to bring it into reality. And I have no doubt that she's going to do exactly that. I talked to Sean yesterday, another one of our mastery coaching students just finishing up that certification program. He's found a ready opportunity to speak at primarily African-American women's conferences. And there's a lot of them, a lot more than I realized. He gets opportunities, being African-American himself, to go in and speak. He talks about wealth, creating wealth, reducing consumption. But he also coaches people to go deeper in that. And he's getting four or five clients every time he speaks. Last time he mentioned, if you wanted to go to his website, they didn't allow him to sell books from the stage, but he told people they could go to his website and see the book that he was talking about, Wealth Shift. He sold 140 books, Uh, put a picture up on Facebook about he and his kids packaging those up to send them out. 140 books where people did go to his website, took the initiative to go there, ordered his book. $20, that's $2,800. The books cost him about two bucks a piece. That's $2,500 and more in pure profit. Those are the kind of things that people are doing out here making it happen. Love those stories. Love the chance to share them here every week. Well, that's a category we call. We are the champions. If you got a success story, we'd love to hear it. Go to 48days.com. Click on the Ask Dan link. You'll see a little red starburst pop up there where you can share your success story. Or just shoot it to me directly. 48 day or Ask Dan at 48days.com. Never get tired of those success stories coming in. Got a whole lot of them always in the can. You know, sometimes people ask me about those. I I'm delighted that somebody suggested sharing those a couple years ago. Because it's easy for me to come on the podcast and just read all the challenges that people are having. We want to address those but as you realize now we spend about a third of our time in the success category i know those stories are inspiring you sometimes know the people we're talking about i give real names and places in there so you can contact those people you can talk to them about what they've done in the last year or two years and that ought to be inspiring for you but we love to hear those and of course love to hear your upcoming stories. A lot of you are in the process, working toward the point where you can send in your success story. Okay. Let's go to some of the questions. Jacob says, I'm a financial analyst and a CPA. I'm good at it. And I actually like some parts of what I do, but I'm feeling pretty stuck in my current role. So I thought I'd use your book and website to jog my mind about what I really want to run to instead of running from. I can't answer three very important questions you ask, and it actually scares me. Number one, if you received $7 million inheritance tomorrow, what would you do? How would your life change? These are some of the questions that I've got on our coaching profile. People who ask for coaching, I just have them answer some questions. Number two, what are you doing in your life now that will last forever? And number three, in writing your epitaph, what would you want people to remember about you? And Jacob says, what do you do when you don't have an answer to these or even have an idea of what do you want the answer to be? All right, let me, let me give you a couple others here that are similar, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, this one, uh, he, asked, he asked that I not share his name, which is fine. Apparently I'm embarrassed about this predicament. He says, I was asked this question a few months ago that sounded super easy to answer, but I could not answer it. And it is, what would you do for a living right now if you had a billion dollars? I know it sounds so easy to answer and most people would say something like start my own business, which is an awesome idea and I wish I would be able to do this someday, but I have no idea what kind of business or what kind of thing I would want to do. I do have a steady job now in aerospace, but it's not fulfilling my life at all. I have no idea what to do. I was just going to see if you had any advice where I could go from here so I can figure out something to that answer. Well, that's a pretty interesting question. You know, if you had a billion dollars, I mean, certainly the motivation to generate new income would be kind of low perhaps, but even so, what would you do now? I I really enjoy coaching people who are in that space and I've had privilege of doing that. I have a a coaching mastery uh, client, right now who is his most recent business he just sold it for a little over a hundred million dollars but that doesn't mean that he's just sitting twit on his thumbs every day or just goes to the golf course every day people don't do that you know even if money is not an object the question is still why do i get up in the morning what is my purpose what is my goal so When you have a hard time answering those questions, you need to pay attention. Life leaves clues. You cannot be 18 years old and not have some really good clues about the answers to these questions. What would you do if money were no object? What would you do if you had that billion dollars? So pay attention to what you enjoy. I mean, what conversations are engaging for you? Where do you stop when you're flipping channels on TV? I mean, you, you could watch me some evening if I get to that point where I'm flipping channels on TV. I know where I'm going to end up. I'm going to end up at, you know, chase, count, counting cars. And th- those kind of shows, uh, Phantom Garage, where they're rebuilding cars. I, this last week, Joanne's been out of town. And late night, I flip it on, they've been running live coverage from Scottsdale, Arizona, the Barrett Jackson Auto Auction. So it's just these cars, one after another, up on the stage. These gorgeous, gorgeous cars. You know, it's, this one sells for 40000 This one sells for $1.2 I mean, these cars, I could watch that for hours. But, but anyway, there ought to be clues in what you're doing that lets you know, what is it you're a candidate for what do other people say you do well what skills have you learned what academic background do you bring to the table what life experiences have added to your education those things give you clues what is it that you would be a candidate to move to knowing you know what you're frustrated about knowing what you want to move from what would you move to where are you going to find that convergence of passion, talent, and money that we talk about so much, but there ought to be clues for that. Well, Hey, in the meantime, we'll move on here. we got some others that are kind of related to this, but in the meantime, yeah, let's just take a little listen here. Remember
1: this? If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, i buy you a house. I would buy you a house And if I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Buy you furniture for your house Maybe an ice chesterfield
0: field or an ottoman and if I Well, it's always fun just to speculate dollars, What would you do if you had a million dollars? I think it's a reasonable question it doesn't mean that you're greedy or self-centered or materialistic or anything You ought to be able to imagine yourself with more resources. What would you do if your own personal needs were met? You just had an abundance. What would you do with that? What do you do when you get to the point where it's not just a matter of what you qualify for in a house? What kind of house would you choose if you had a billion dollars? I mean, are you going to build a hundred million dollar house? We've got a new neighbor coming in. I won't mention his name because you'd know it, but... He's building a very, very big house without buildings and lakes and boats and docks. And I'm thinking, you know, how far can you go? Even if you have the resource, how, how, much, how much house can you enjoy? I guess that's part of it. Joanne and I talk about that often. You know, we're pretty content with the house that we have. Um, a house that's 10 times as big as what we have would not give us 10 times the enjoyment. In fact, it'd probably give us 10 times the headache. You know, we don't want to have staff that we have to have on location 24 hours a day to take care of the house we're living in. No, we like peace and quiet. We like being there alone. But anyway, interesting questions. we got some more that are going to be kind of touching on that as well. David asks, I love the show, Dan. Thanks for everything you do. My question is, how do you look for a job in the same field without your boss or anyone finding out? Well, frankly, it's pretty difficult to do. If you're in the job search, yeah, with LinkedIn and Google and all the things happening out there, the chances are even people you work with are going to know. So you need to be prepared to deal with that. Just go ahead and do a great job search. And if the question comes up, be very open about it. Yeah, you know, I'm exploring opportunities. I want to make sure that I'm really using my skills in the best way possible. It might open the door for a really meaningful conversation with your boss to know that you're considering that. I would be open about it. I wouldn't try to hide it and then just spring it on him. It may open some opportunities right under your nose that you didn't realize existed. Okay. Thomas ask, this is a typical scenario. I start a project and get some foundation built, but then partway into it, I start to lose motivation and turn to other things. Question, how can you stay on course to push through to implement something? If this is a pattern previously, I've heard all kinds of seemingly great, but so far unhelpful advice. Maybe I'm not passionate enough I get enough outside accountability. Not focus on each step. Do small goals. I feel like I'm avoiding failure by not attempting to succeed. My mind distracts me from being focused on execution and it's a perfect excuse. Now that I've been exposed to your information and others, I see that the only real failure is in delaying, but I still struggle with pushing through. What can I do to avoid this? I can't imagine what Columbus dealt with as he was sailing toward the unknown. Good thing he didn't have a smartphone. Thomas. Well, I also had a question from uh, Elaine who asked, he said, he is intrigued by my six month challenge, you know, to read, listen to positive things for 30 minutes a day, double your income in six months. He said that he's done that. He's increased what he's listening to, what he's reading seminars. He's going to, and his income has dropped by 50%. Now what, what is the deal there? What is the deal? Uh, what's this issue about being exposed to a lot of new things and not being able to carry through uh, seeing that failure may protect you. Well, not, not trying, not starting anything will protect you from failure. Wow. What a tough spot to be in though. Well, here's a couple points and you have to recognize learning is easy. So when I talk about listening to more podcasts or going to seminars a lot of you just went to podcast movement in Texas Got a lot of raving stories about that. You know, you're reading more books, you're upping, rather than reading one book a year, you're going to read 20 this year. Well, there's a balance required here. Like in most things, I mean, I suppose carrots are good enough for you, but if you eat nothing but carrots, you'd probably turn yellow and pass out. I don't know, but we got to balance these things. Learning is easy. Mastery is difficult. So there's a sequence here. You have to move from learning to understanding to application. Continuing learning is not enough. Just learning doesn't change your change your future. certainly doesn't put more money in the bank. I mean a lot of people are hiding out in colleges and universities right now. It's a very socially acceptable to just continue your learning. And they have no plan for how they're going to apply that. No plan for how they're going to turn that into anything meaningful. So when we look at this learning, understanding, and application, I'd encourage you to spend one third on each component. So maybe rather than reading 20 books, read one and do what it says. I mean, go back to think and grow rich. But instead of then going on and reading 19 other books, go back and read it again read it again. Take one chapter, do what it says to do. I mean, if you want to take 48 days to the work you love, you know, instead of reading 15 career books, read one and actually do what it says. Now let me address this thing about failure a little bit. You know, we talked at the, at the outset here about the, the quotation that we had and that was winners are not afraid of losing But losers are losers are afraid of losing. Wow, how's that for a poignant thought? Failure is part of the process of success. People who avoid failure also avoid success. Now let's look at some other things here about failure. This comes from Jack Canfield, who said, "Everything you want is on the other side of fear." I know my my friend Mike Hyatt. I've heard him say, "The juice is just outside your comfort zone." Robert Kennedy said only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. Ken Robinson, great education guy, says if you're not prepared to be wrong, you'll never come up with anything original. Chris Bradford, there's no failure except in no longer trying. Paul Coelho, author of, uh, let's see, you're here with The Alchemist and some other cool books, says there's only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve the fear of failure. All right, what about that? Only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve. The fear of failure. Henry Ford, the only real mistake is the one from which we learn nothing. C.S. Lewis, failures are the finger post on the road to achievement. Napoleon Hill, every adversity, every failure, every heartache carries with it the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. Johnny Cash even said, you build on failure. You use it as a stepping stone close the door on the past. You don't try to forget the mistakes, but you don't dwell on it. You don't let it have any of your energy or any of your time or any of your space. Here's one more. When we give ourselves permission to fail, we're at the same time giving ourselves permission to excel. So being trapped, as you describe, you know, being in that stuck place where you recognize that you start things you don't carry through. So there's any chance of succeeding or failing. I mean, Thomas, you you kind of self-diagnosed as you went down through there. You said, it feels like I'm avoiding failure by not attempting to succeed. That could be exactly the fact, but recognize, and we talk a lot about failure, recognize, let's just remove that from our vocabulary. Let's just get rid of the idea of failure. I mean I've had some experiences you've heard me talk about that where I've made stupid business mistakes and end up owing hundreds of thousands of dollars Did I fail? No. But I learned a whole lot. So let's just remove that. I mean Dan Sullivan from the Strategic Coach talks about that. Incidentally, he has a magnificent podcast called Exponential Wisdom. Dan Sullivan and Peter Diamandis who developed the XPRIZE, but Dan Sullivan exponential wisdom but dan says there's only two results of trying something only two possibilities either success or you learn you're either successful or you learn just categorize it as that remove failure from your vocabulary and move on from there well speaking of moving on let's do that roger says are you making me hate my job or more precisely you, Michael Hyatt, Pat Flynn, and all the others whose podcasts I listen to and blogs I read. I'm a service engineer and I spend two to eight hours a day. Wow. Two to eight hours a day in my car going from customer site to customer site. I listen to podcasts and audiobooks when I'm driving. I get excited about the possibilities and ideas I have when listening. And when I think about my job, I hate it more and more. 55 to 70 hours a week and then when i finally get home i'm feeling too exhausted to do much of anything on the weekends when i finally get rested up it's almost time to go back to work and that frustrates me even more would i be better off not listening to the podcast and reading the blogs and telling me in a place where i'm not working so much well we got an age old question there don't we is it better to know there's more out there or better to not know at all i mean there's truth to the old saying ignorance is bliss and if you don't know some cars have power windows and you're going to be pretty happy with the roll-up kind and if you don't know there's something better you do tend to be content with what you have i've just never been wired that way i've always been drawn to those who are already very successful when kevin my son was BMX racer. He could race in his category and win every time. I mean, he was that good. So he could get one of those great big three-foot trophies every weekend we went out. That's not what he wanted to do. He wanted to race against riders who were better than he. Even if they were older, much more experienced, he wanted to do that because it raised the bar. It pushed him more to become better. And over time, he was nationally ranked and went on to a lot of success in that area. I don't have an easy answer for this. You know, are you better off not listening to the podcast, reading the books, going to the seminars that would open you up to more success? I don't think so. I mean, I certainly don't. Now, if you think you're just going to end up frustrated, you have a fear of failure, so you're not going to try anything else. You're just going to increase your frustration level. Then, yeah, I suspect it would be better off not to listen to anything. I mean, listen to country music. You know, you're going to, hear the frustrations of somebody who lost their dog and had their trailer repossessed. You know, if that's really what you want to fill your mind with, you can do that. Personally, I think you're really close to some success that maybe you haven't even seen coming. If you've been spending that much time listening to podcasts, it has to be planting seeds of success in your mind. Has to be close. I think you're a whole lot closer than what you realize in that. Accept the opportunity to be that close. Accept the challenge of figuring out what would a better life look like for you? Now, this, believe me, this is not just about having more. It's not just about having a bigger house and a nicer car and going to Spain for vacation instead of in the local park. In fact, one of the things I've got coming up with my mastermind, one of the questions that I'm asking, we're going to have a come as you'll be party where I want them to tell me what their life is like in five years and people will come with their picture on the front of magazines and books that they are telling us hit the New York Times bestseller list and all of that. But one of my questions in that process is, will making your business bigger make your life better? It's not always just a matter of more. But exposing yourself to positive information doesn't just mean that you're now greedy and discontent with what you have. It could mean improvement in your relationships, in your health. It could be building in margin in your life. It could be discovering ways of creating residual income rather than just the linear income that you describe. I mean, wow, those are all things that are potential outcomes. So yes, allow yourself, listen, read, learn, go, Talk, discuss, converse, and keep planning for the future that you want. Well, just a reminder there with this music. This is the Forty Eight Days Online Radio Show. You can you're, you're hearing real life questions. Obviously, I couldn't dream these up, believe me. But you're hearing real life questions. People just like you. So, if you got one, I'd be delighted to integrate it into an upcoming show. Just go to the 48days.com site, click on Ask Dan, and you'll see an opportunity there to submit your question. Let's get a couple more. Jonathan says, Isn't it ironic that a library will lend out your book for only 21 days? Well, that's kind of funny. That is ironic. I guess you just have to compress the process. However, if you have the book, you can copy down the uh, the timeline schedule. You can get all the important points out of there. Create your own 40 day, 48 days timeline. Of course, you can go to 48days.com slash worksheets and go right to the 48 days schedule and get that. The other thing you might consider investing in the book, I mean, you can go right now and get the brand new version, the 10th anniversary edition. Of 48 Days to the Work You Love, the Kindle version for $3.50. You can buy the most recent version before this, the one I updated in 2010. There are places you can buy that for 52 cents. So I'd suggest you make that big investment in yourself, get a hard copy so you can go back to it, refer to it again and again. All right, this comes from Dean from um, Readings from Hawaii. He says i really appreciate your work Have used some of your books and resources thanks so very much i'm a podiatrist I have a solo practice i've heard you mention that you've worked with other medical professionals and wonder if there's a different pattern to developing other streams of income for the medical professional as it is now i don't know i don't as it is now when i don't work no income is generated yes as is true for most professionals Uh, The Lord has blessed our income for that. I'm thankful. Additionally, I would like to develop a means of income separate or in addition to what is generated when I work with patients in my practice Any insight in what others in the medical field do. Although I have a lot of other areas of interest using my professional area seems most logical in attempting this. Thanks so very much for any insight you might offer. Well, Dean, great question. And as a podiatrist, yeah, you've been trained to create linear income. You see somebody, you help them with their foot problems, and you get paid for it, and then it's that ends, and you go on to the next one. Wow, what a great area of intellectual property to be able to leverage. And yes, there are a whole lot of ways that you can do that. I did a quick search on Amazon. On Amazon, I put in foot problems, There are 16,176 books under the category foot problems. Now what that tells us is there's a whole lot of interest in that area. So the fact that there's already a lot of information available is not a deterrent. It should be a motivator to you. When I wrote 48 days to the work you love, I mean, you could walk into any bookstore and there's 75 books there on how to find a job, how to discover your passion, how to start a business. I mean, it wasn't like there was nothing available there. If there's nothing available It may be because nobody cares. So don't be deterred by the fact that there's a whole lot of activity in your area of interest or expertise already. So there's 16,176 books that come up in Amazon under foot problems. But that gives us part of the solution to what you're asking. Rather than just seeing patient individually day after day, what could you do with the knowledge that's in between your own two ears? Now, here's some of the books that are there. How to Doctor Your Feet Without the Doctor, the 10 Most Common Foot problems, the homemade foot spa, feet of endurance, how to avoid foot problems when you're on your feet all day, every woman's guide to foot pain relief, problems in podiatry and dermatology, fixing your feet, preventive maintenance and treatments for foot problems of runners, hikers, and adventure racers. Uh, The runner's repair manual, complete guide for diagnosing and treating your foot problems. Reflexology manual, fixing your feet, prevention and treatment for athletes. Now think about all the variety of things that are touched on there. You can have a really narrow segment. I mean, common foot problems of teenagers going through a growth spurt. I mean, I don't know. I'm just pulling that out of the air, but you could be that specific. Now, one of the things I'm going to recommend for you is to watch the video that I did with Michael Hyatt last year on how to make $150,000 this year. From your intellectual property, if you just go to michaelhyatt.com and put in Dan Miller in the search bar, it's going to be the first thing that comes up because that video went viral. It's been watched a whole lot of times. I had a pastor last week tell me that he's wanting to leave his post and he has watched that video from front to end twelve times now. But now here's the kind of things that you can do to take your intellectual capital and start generating income aside from when you're seeing patients and Frankly, when you're sleeping, I mean, I use the acronym, I'm pretty, pretty fond of Swiss dollars, sales while I sleep soundly. So take what you know about being a podiatrist. You can create books, eBooks, or you can distribute other people's books, not even ones that you wrote yourself, but that have content. So you become a resource for people who are having foot problems. You can republish content that's in the public domain. I mean, I've done a lot of that. Things like acres of diamonds, the public domain. I republish it. You can find books that are in closeout. I mean, I've I had a lot of success. I've made a whole lot of money selling books like Mompreneurs, uh, How to Make Use of a Useless Degree. I mean, books like that that were just not marketed well, and I would buy them out of liquidation. Typically, buy those books at about a dollar and twenty cents a piece, and we would sell them for eight dollars. Well, that's more margin that I get as a royalty when a book of my own is sold, like in Barnes and Noble or on Amazon. So you can do a lot of that. You, you might have uh, seminars. You could have a twice a year seminar on foot problems. You can get affiliate fees from providers of foot care products. If you have a site, just by linking to those other resources that people can get, you could do an audio program, have an instructional manual. You might develop a cream of your own that you brand and license I mean, I've got several clients that have done that with very similar kind of things. There's one client I've got that has a company that developed a product and it really is for healing wounds on pets. Now, the reason it's for pets is because it's a very complicated procedure to get FDA approval to be used on humans. But you know what? A whole lot of humans use those products will order month after month. I mean, they use them for you know, burns for wounds, for hemorrhoids, for all kinds of things. And it really, it says right on it that it's for dogs and cats, but it's a product and he's doing extremely well with that. Well, those are the kind of things you can do. Well, a couple others, Lydia is Lydia from um, says, please allow me to introduce us to you. We are from Biotou city in inner Mongolia in China. Recently, my husband, I'll read it like she wrote it. Obviously, English is not our first language, but recently my husband, well, I'll just kind of paraphrase. We're reading your book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. He likes it very much, thinks he needs a new life. Uh, Since 2010, we're back in my hometown. Before that, we were in Shanghai. Since we came back, many things have changed. He's been working in a local church. And last year, we both got the National Secondary Psychological Consultant Certificate, which means we can open a counseling center. Well, we have a little expertise and what you want to change to a new life? Could you give us some suggestions? Well, Lydia, thanks for your, thanks for your uh, question there. And it sounds like you guys are committed, taking action and ready to go. You can start the, the neat thing about counseling or coaching is you can start without having a lot of big initial expense. If you want a place outside your home to do that. Now, a lot of our coaches do phone coaching, so they don't even need a specific place. And a lot of them who do more than phone coaching meet people at Starbucks or a local restaurant or a park to do their coaching. If you need more than that, I had an executive suite program. When I first started out, it cost me, I believe it was $80 a month. And that's been a long time ago. But with that, it gave me, about, I think it was 10 hours a week access to a beautiful office where I could meet people also gave me access to their conference room. So it's just an executive suite program. It's kind of an office sharing program. So you could do that. And certainly if you needed to lease an office, you might even, if your husband's working for a church and you're going to start a counseling program, you might be surprised at the church just allowing you to use an office there. We have a lot of coaches who have done exactly that, where they didn't go out and lease something on their own, but they just had an arrangement that they would give a discounted rate to church members to do the counseling needed there. And they also used that then for other clients that they had. Okay, let me grab one more here. And that one is going to be. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to just take a short one. Diane says, I have your book 48 days. It's helped me tremendously in the past. I know I feel that at my age of 59, trying to rework my resume is becoming a real challenge. I've been on your site for about two hours now. I've read and noted thoughts and areas that jumped out at me. I've been doing online applications, which I hate because if I'm correct, the company you're applying to has another source that your application is going to. And anyway, her question is, you know, how do you get through these online sites with the, uh, an application or a resume? Some don't even let you attach your resume. And if they do, do they actually see your full resume? Well, Diane, thanks for your question. I appreciate it what you're confronted with at 59 to go through this. But there are a whole lot of things that you describe here that just aren't effective methods for a job search. You don't want to just fill out online job applications and submit resumes. That's a really poor job search process. And you're going to be convinced in that period of time that nobody's hiring. Go back to the section in 48 days to the work you love, where I talk about the job search and how to do that. How to identify not a million companies, but how to identify 30 to 40 companies It would be good target connections for you, good prospects for what it is you want to do, where you make the contact with them, not going through their online application process at all, but find out who is a decision maker in that company. And that's easy to find, call the company, stop by, go online with Hoover's other business directories, send your communication directly to that person with the physical letter, then follow up with a cover letter and resume, then do a phone follow-up. That is still a proven process that's getting results for a whole lot of people out there and leads to the stories that I've got in the new version of 48 days where somebody got six job offers in 10 days, all those kind of things. Those cool things are in there. Well, keep in mind some of the things that we covered today. Covered a whole lot. If you want to be a billionaire, fantastic. What would you do if you were a billionaire? How would you spend your time well, we talked about that and more. What would you do if you were in poverty? How would you get out of that? If you're somewhere in between, you want to elevate where you are now, what are you doing? Are you avoiding failure so that you don't risk what you have now? Well, in doing so, you're going to be locking yourself off from the biggest opportunities for success that you could possibly have. Don't get trapped there. You know the routine. Hey, thanks for being part of this community where we, in fact, are finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Profitable on your terms. You can decide what that means for you. There are no ba- no boundaries, no barriers, no obstacles. You're in the driver's seat. Keep me posted on what your progress is. Have a great week.
1: The clock is ticking, so don't delay. It's gonna take your whole heart gonna take all you've got to make the future you want to change the future you've got